Hello everybody, I'm Matt Mikuchi and you are listening to the Jazzy's podcast. Can't get out of this mood. Can't get over this feeling. Just can't get out of this mood. Last night your lips were too appealing. And the thrill should have been all gone by today. Hello everybody, Jazz is online editor Matt Mikucci here, welcoming you to a new episode of our podcast series of conversations with some of the most amazing artists on the jazz and creative music scene today, a series that we simply like to call The Jazz is Podcast, and is brought to you in conjunction with Jazz is Vinyl Club, a series of vinyl compilations carefully curated by the Jazz is editors and that is an absolute must for lovers of jazz and vinyl alike. And I could not be happier as today I will be speaking with Samara Joy. Born and raised in the Boogie Down Bronx, music has always been a guiding presence within the vocalist's family. And in 2019, she took home the Sarah Vaughan International Jazz Vocal Competition Prize while earning her degree from SUNY Purchase's Jazz Studies and eventually graduated as the Ella Fitzgerald Scholar. Now, a few months after the release of her Verve Records debut, Linger a While, she has added a new credential to her impressive resume, two Grammy nominations, one for Best New Artist and another for Best Jazz Vocal Album. Samara Joy joins us from the open seas, from the jazz cruise to be exact, so I hope you will forgive the audio quality and enjoy our delightful conversation with one of the world's rising star jazz vocalists of today. Fire up an audio teeny and listen to the audio waves as they fly through the air. Here is our Jazz Is Podcast conversation with Samara Joy. But I'm saying it and I'm playing it dumb. Can't get out of this mood. Heartbreak, here I come. Hello, Samara. Welcome to the Jazz Is Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for finding the time to do this. I know that these have been exciting times for you. You've been super busy just traveling the world. I understand you're back from a ja- the Jazz Cruise too, right? What was that experience like? Currently on it. I'm talking to you from uh, the middle of nowhere. <laughs> oh, you're at sea. Do you get seasick? you have any problems like that? <laughs> I definitely felt a little, a little uh, stirring of my stomach there for a second, but... Um, I find now that I'm okay. I'm all right. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, that you know, like I said, there's been a lot happening as far as your performing all over the world is, just spreading your music out there. Uh, uh, one of the things that I wanted to bring up, of course, is that last year uh, you did your first jazz residency at the Umbria Jazz Festival in Perugia, Italy. I- I'm actually born in Italy, so I wanted to bring it up because Perugia is one of my favorite places in the world. And the Umbria Jazz uh, Festival is just such an important institution. Uh, what was that experience like? I mean, it's a beautiful place, right? Umbria is gorgeous, and um, that was my t- first time doing a residency there. Um, with everybody and it really I mean 10 days in Italy it was like the hottest time of year of course so (laughs) we were melting as soon as we got outside but um, it was really it was really fantastic being able to be there and surrounded by all the beautiful people Italian is already musical a musical language anyway so that's great I mean yeah it is a very musical language like you said and and uh, they, they definitely appreciate good music I mean especially down there in that region like I said Umbria Jazz is such a great festival 
But yeah, I mean, uh, Samara, this is the first time we talk. I've been listening to your music for years. We at Jazz is love it. And what I'd like to ask is just kind of uh, for these podcasts is for uh, kind of for, for the artists that I speak with to share a memory with me about their beginnings. And specifically, do you have an early musical memory that you hold on to dearly and that when you think back, you realize might have been uh, when you really started to think that, you know, music was just like what you would like to do when you'd grow up? Well, I feel like I'm still at the beginning, but um, I think that um, my earliest memory of music is probably singing Oh Happy Day in church. Uh, and um, that was for, I think it was for Easter, Easter at my church in the Bronx. And um, from then, I mean, when I was when I was growing up, my dad gave me this iPod that had all of his favorite music on it. Um, and all of my uncle's favorite music on it too. And so sometimes either on the way to school or from school, um, I would just put the iPod on shuffle and I'd be listening to everything, you know, George Duke and, you know, people like Shaka Khan and, and even my dad's music was on there. So I always kept music in my life. I always, you know, copied singers, imitated them, listened to them millions of times. People like Layla Hathaway, you know, wanting to, not necessarily wanting to pursue a career in music, I guess, but just because I loved listening to it. And you mentioned your father. I mean, your father is a musician himself, right? Was he was he an influence of yours? I mean, did he help you out uh, when you when you kind of eventually decided that you know this was this uh, was something that you wanted to do yourself? Oh, he helped me. I think he helped me so much without even realizing that he did because I was always we were always around surrounded by his music too because. Um, he had a studio at home that he would write in and, you know, play his music on blast and stuff. So, you know, I copied him whenever I heard him singing, you know, listening to him. I, I definitely internalized all of that, I think, whether consciously or unconsciously so or subconsciously. So, yeah, he's a major influence on me. And I played electric bass for a little while because of him, you know, just at home trying to practice and get some bass lines together because of his great is amazing. Yeah, do you still play occasionally? Occasionally, occasionally. I still have my five-string uh, Fender Jazz bass back at home, but now my little brother is taking it, so I don't know if I'll ever get it back. <laughs> well, you, you know, you mentioned that you feel like you're you're just at the beginning of your of your journey now, and and that is true to some extent. But uh, for the past few years, we've certainly been enjoying uh, your music, and we've loved your some of your collaborations as well. There's something magical about your work with uh, guitarist Pasquale Grasso. Uh, and I wonder what it's like to, to play with him because you guys really seem to share this timeless chemistry and really evoke some of the great guitar vocal collaborations of the past. But also, it's a thing uh, of its own, too. I mean, it's really wonderful, I think. So what what's that like? Playing with Pasquale, you know, feels like the most supportive and the most, like, musically interesting uh, experience is one of the most musically interesting experiences I've really had. Um, and I started playing with him, like when I made the first and second albums, you know, we went on a lot of gigs, a lot of tours together. You know, I can confidently say, you know, each time that he played, at least it was always something different and something, you know, new, always reaching for something. And, um, that inspired me and it opened my ears up. Um, so, but at the same time, it was very positive. It didn't feel like, um, I was the new kid on the block, even though I was. It was just every. It was very helpful, you know. So I, I definitely appreciate the, that about him. Yeah, right. It sounds like it was stimulating. I mean, is that like a, a thing that kind of keeps driving you? Just these these experiences and just it's, it's experiences that kind of offer you the opportunity to continue growing. It seems like it's very important to you. And that's what I want, you know, really, because I'm 
I'm coming into like I, I still feel new because I really am and it's like but at the same time I also feel really blessed to, to like even on this jazz cruise to have so many musicians pat me on the shoulder and say you're doing a good job let me know if you need anything you know it's, it's really I want to I want to know I want to learn I want to grow and I want to be better you know and and never feel complacent or or feel like I've reached the goal or I've gotten you know to the point where I don't anymore you know like I know it you know because we are, we never do but that's the beauty of it yeah, exactly. And, you know, like I said, there's a lot happening right now as far as your life and your career is concerned. Does, does it ever feel overwhelming, though? Because, uh, you know, sometimes you talk about the positives, but then is it also, does it ever get a bit too much? And do you have any anything that you do to kind of keep yourself in check and balance? The thing that's great about being on the jazz cruise is I can just sit outside and just breathe. <laughs> Even if it's for 20 minutes, you know, there's like, no, you know, I have to run this errand and I have to go over here and I'm in the city and it's all moving and moving. I'm just in the middle of nowhere. My view is the ocean and nothing more. Sky's blue. <laughs> and I can just go outside and I can just breathe and kind of recenter. And because it can, I, I, I definitely am a person who gets easily overwhelmed just because I want everything to be perfect and I want to, you know, make sure that um, I'm communicative and that I'm, you know, uh, responsible and, and, and playing my part in this whole thing. Because I do have a team and a label, but I also, I don't want to just, you know, shirk all of my responsibilities and not be a part of the team as well. So, yeah, it gets it gets overwhelming for me thinking about, you know, am I doing my part? Am I doing enough? But, yeah, those those moments of, of just getting to sit down and breathe and, and remind myself, of uh, what it is I'm here to do. It's almost like we don't uh, allow ourselves enough time to breathe. But of course, you know, being a vocalist, breathing is so important to you. So <laughs> and when we think about it, it's essential. Is yes. <laughs> yes, so it really serves as, it serves as practice time as well. Nostalgia hit me as I recall the day I knew that I loved you. You passed me by on a starry night How could I forget you were stunning A vision of perfection Heaven's very essence That you were a shining star to me The track you are hearing is from Samara Joy's Linger A While. Her Verve Records debut album released a great critical acclaim last year. This is a collection of beloved songs by George Gershwin, Thelonious Monk, Fats Navarro and more, updated with a modern twist and for a new generation. A real treat for all jazz lovers and if you love jazz and vinyl, be sure to check out our Jazz Is Vinyl Club, a new series of vinyl compilations carefully curated by the Jazz Is editors and featuring some of the most exciting jazz artists from yesterday and today that we cover in the print version of Jazz Is, jazzis.com and these Jazz Is podcasts. Go to jazzis.com and click on Join Vinyl Club. And now... Back to the second part of our conversation with Samara Joy. How you doing? I would like to know you. You brushed me off immediately, gave me the coldest shoulder I've ever received, which made me want to get to know you even more. That's when I ran into you at the bookstore. You're hipping back while listening to music. 
Well, I wanted to also bring up, you know, uh, a linger a while, which uh, is an amazing record. It was also a big deal because, uh, you know, on top of everything else and the music itself, of course, it was released on Verve Records, a label that's renowned really for its historic report and relationship with some of the greatest jazz vocalists of all time. Did this feel like a landmark moment for you? Also, considering, like I said, the history of this label and the the many great jazz vocalists of the past that have recorded. Uh, it, it did. It definitely felt like a step in the right direction. I was the first time we approached a lot of labels for the first album. It was, of course, during the pandemic, and nobody wanted to, which is understandable. Nobody wanted to spend money or spend valuable resources on uh, something that you know where you couldn't necessarily you could properly promote um, during the pandemic and have shows, in-person shows, and merchandise and all that fun stuff. So, the second time around of of reaching out to labels the the, lab, the record is already done now we're just looking for um, a collaborator for the for the album I definitely Verve was because we we met with everybody and Verve definitely one of the standouts in that initial meeting process and when it was time to make the decision they were the, the obvious choice as far as um, a supportive and organized team uh, as well as kind of what is part of one of the largest <laughs> music groups in the world so but everybody is really down to earth and, and helpful. So I'm glad. I think I'm definitely think I made the right choice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, Verve, it's such a historic label. It's such a huge deal. But the album itself, you know, with its sound and also the, the just the selection of the tracks. You know, that's one of the things that I love about this album is that some of the tracks are well known. Others aren't as well known. And I think that's really, really valuable. Some of them also openly evoke that kind of uh, Verve tradition, too. And there's so much that I love about it. But one of the things that I think uh, is among my favorites is in, in your music in general, I think. And, and I'm not the only one to have pointed this out is uh, your 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 vocalese you know your your modern unique twist on the vocalese tradition which is of course a setting of lyrics to established jazz orchestral instrumentals and so on and one of my favorite tracks on linger a while is i'm confessing uh where you kind of combine your lyrics with a solo from lester young's 1952 recording and it just sounds magical. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, uh, what is this technique? Uh, how does this technique enhance your music? How do you approach it? Is it an important part of your music? Um, writing lyrics has definitely opened up my willingness to want to do it as it applies to my own music because I love the I love the melodies. I love listening to jazz, like with like obviously with singers, but also you know musicians who already play so lyrically you know and already play with such a beautiful sense of melody um so that when i heard and when i listened to melodies like like the solo that lester young played on i'm confessing that i love you and fats navarro played on um the the song nostalgia i was like there's already a strong melody here it's just as similar as it is to a, a song so i wanted to embrace the challenge of trying to write lyrics that match or at least come close you know to the level of music and melody that um the song already the instrumental song already has so yeah it's been it's been fun and i i'm definitely still you know thinking of melodies that i would want to write uh lyrics to just as i listen to music i'm like oh this might be something just to write down maybe you know just to think about and 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 i hope that it translates into me hopefully writing songs of my own 
music of my own, just based off of that foundational influence of not only songbook standards, but um, but jazz compositions. Like people like Barry Harris, I wrote lyrics to one of his songs as well. So yeah. Well, there's so much that I that I want to ask you, but I know that we're kind of uh, strapped for time. I just maybe two more questions because uh, talking about the different aspects of your music, then there's also something really interesting that I find with you is that. You know, when it comes to promoting or getting your music out there, uh, it, it can be quite a challenge. I find that sometimes in the jazz world, uh, there more some people are more kind of open to embracing new ways, including social media platforms and just you know the digital world at large, to uh, put their music out there. You what, with what you do with what you've been doing uh, on TikTok and other platforms, you use. It seems like you're kind of tr- also experimenting with that aspect of things uh do you find that to be the case and do, do you find that it has been effective and helped you spread your music uh, it, social media oh yeah i mean it's it's definitely a big part of getting to it's, it's definitely played a big part in meeting meeting people that i wouldn't otherwise have met in person you know or on a gig and i'm reaching not only my audience in person but thousands, millions of people online that would have never, you know, just would have never known. It's no, it's nobody's fault. It's just kind of like the way the world is and, and things like that. So even though I was hesitant, hesitant to join TikTok in the beginning, I've recognized that it is um, not only a hilarious app, but um, it <laughs> when you find, you know, what you like to do and you expound upon that um, through posting in a way that you want to, in a way that's unique to you, um, then, you know, the audience will come and, and then you just have more people who are getting into your music without necessarily forcing anybody to do it. It's just like, I'm going to share it. Uh, and here's a platform that has a demographic of even probably different than Facebook and Instagram. It's just so expansive. So, you know, just share it and see what happens. And that's what I did. And I'm glad that it worked out. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And you do it very well. And I feel like, you know, uh, you, you're among the first, actually. <laughs> to have done it so well uh certainly uh you're you're very active on all fronts uh samara and i thank you for taking the time i i you know obviously we're recording this interview at the start of 2023 so i can't help but ask you what does the new year have in store for you can we expect any new projects and new music from you in the near future <laughs> oh well I'm, I'm definitely working on writing lyrics to some more challenging melodies <laughs> and, and ones that that don't normally have lyrics to them uh as well as just you know just i'm just going to keep listening to music you know because the past a couple of months have been very very busy and i've been presenting a set that i love but i also want to integrate new repertoire um in the new year and you know just go in the studio and just you know record and try stuff out try things out on the gig you know experiment with instrument instrumentation and so i don't know if that will materialize into a single or into an EP or anything like that. But I think the goal for 2023 is just musical growth by any means <laughs> necessary, whether it's in the studio, on the gig, you know, just keep listening, keep, you know, maybe reading interviews by other musicians and, and, uh, and connecting with musicians in person, like on the jazz cruise stuff. And you saying that actually makes me think, wow, because, you know, sometimes we take it for granted, but there's a real work of research behind the music too, that maybe sometimes isn't talked about as much, but it sounds like you're, you know, you're listening, you're, you're reading interviews, you're doing all that. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. I love watching interviews. I love reading interviews and, you know, reading books about like harmony and stuff like that. Like I want to, I want to add on to myself. Without without the pressure of like, you know, I guess 
<laughs> I can do it on my own time now. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you very much, Samara. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for joining us. Tears I've shed today You will pause Waiting until tomorrow Dreams of what could be Come close to me Timidly There's a brand new day inside At that time About midnight I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Samara Joy, whose music from her Grammy-nominated Verve Records debut album Linger A While plays us out. And if you love jazz and vinyl, be sure to check out our Jazz Is Vinyl Club. Join the club and we will send you four premium limited edition color vinyl albums mailed directly to you. Just go to jazzis.com and click on Join Vinyl Club for more. And as Samara Joy plays us out, I encourage you to keep an eye out for more Jazz Is podcasting content, our print magazine and other great content available to you on our regularly updated website, jazzis.com. And if you like what you see, you can always subscribe for more. Till the next time. This is Matt Mikuchi signing off. See you soon. Yes, every day is gonna bring some gladness. So take what you can of the glad time.